Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. On today's episode, Nick Saban continues to educate everybody on the name, image, and likeness in college football and why maybe, just maybe, we need some rules on it. Dabble Swinney also makes some comments, but he gets support from Lane Kiffin on the name, image, likeness as well. And Lincoln Riley writes a love letter to Oklahoma fans, but it's too little, too late. Welcome to the Coach Steve Show. $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Coach Steve Show. Make sure if you're watching on YouTube, you hit the like button and the subscribe button. Leave a comment in the comment section down below about the algorithm. Uh, the podcast can be found anywhere you listen to your podcast. Make sure you subscribe to it, follow it, give it a review uh, on Apple. You can now do it on Spotify, which is brand new. Uh, so go do that for me. Um, this podcast is brought to you by the Belly Up Media Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com, check out all the podcasts and everything else there and blogs or something out there for everybody, just not sports, uh, just everything in the media. 
And if any football coaches are out there, this podcast is brought to you by Coach Stone Football and is back to the basics. Football drill manuals. His very first book is over 500 pages of drills, which is insane. And he continues to make books left and right. He takes out the uh, work for us coaches. We want to get back to the basics. So go to CoachStoneFootball.com. Check out his back to the basics football drill manuals. Uh, thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast. So name, image, name, image, likeness. You know, it was introduced. We all know what it is. Players can finally start to make money off their name their image, and likeness. And in case people are like, well, where did it come from? If you remember the old NCAA football games, old NCAA basketball games, those were great. Our childhood was built on those. The old PlayStation 2 games, then you got the Xbox 360 for the football games and the basketball games came out. They were glorious. But a couple players started to wonder, well, we look like the players on the game. Why are we not making any money? EA Sports is making a lot of money. Are the colleges making a lot of money because they're using the likeness of the players? Lawsuit was won. Players were, you know, former players won it. I believe they were given money. And so no more NCAA football, no more NCAA basketball, which saddened us, all of us as fans and as gamers who love the games. But we have to understand you have to make money. For example, Imagine if somebody used a picture of you or somebody drew something that looked like you while you wore your jersey or while if somebody made a picture of me right now wearing the hoodie and my face and someone made money off of it, I would feel the same. But the debate has always been, should college football players be paid? Should college athletes in general be paid? And this is a topic to go back and forth. I have done a podcast episode on this before, but we're going to talk about it once more. It's always been a debate. When you see college football coaches making millions upon millions of dollars, why are they making millions upon millions of dollars? Well, because they won football games. Because maybe they're a great defensive-minded guru. Maybe because they're a defense or an offensive genius. Maybe they're a great culture builder. Maybe they just know football. But they win games. But on top of that, they can recruit. But the players are out there doing all the work. They're going to 5 a.m. workouts. They're coming in the afternoon for a meeting. They're coming in for the before practice meeting. They're going to practice. They're going to a late class. They're going to another meeting. They're eating. They're working out. They're running. They're doing a lot of the hard work. So the talk has always been, should the football players be paid? Now I say football because college football brings in a ton of money. But should college athletes in general be paid? Well, how would you go about this? NCAA has always believed that the players should never be paid because they consider them amateurs. But define amateurism. So they define amateurism as it's not the pros. But when you're bringing in money, if not more money than the pros, that's where the debate comes in. And if they're not professionals, then they talk about should the coaches be paid? And the coaches get paid what they believe they're worth. So when you see the likeness of Coach Saban making $10 million a year, That's a fraction of the money that gets brought in from Alabama going to the college football playoffs and winning national titles. The money that gets brought in to the school builds computer labs. It builds academic buildings. It brings in textbooks or softwares for textbooks. It brings in a bunch of money for other things, creates other jobs. The schools that don't do that don't have as much. You see Alabama's campus blow up when they win 
Alabama's has blown up. Oklahoma's blown up. Florida blown up. Good things happen to universities when the teams win. Then if you have a basketball team on top of that, that brings in a lot of money from the March Madness. That is a cherry and the icing on top of the cake. But the debate goes on. Should players be paid? And it's a great point to make. When the guys that are coaching you are making one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten million dollars, and you're just getting a scholarship, is it fair? Is what you're bringing to the university worth that scholarship? If that scholarship is a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred twenty thousand dollars, is it worth it? People thought so. They would love to get paid one hundred twenty thousand dollars spread out over four years. They would love to have free living. They would love to have a food plan. They believe that is the kids getting paid. But people disagree. Now, the debate became, and the problem became, we only see the big-time teams on TV. So people have to recognize, Alabama, could they afford to pay their football players? Probably. Could Clemson afford to pay their football players? Probably. Could Oklahoma Probably. Florida. Probably. USC. Probably. You see where I'm going with this. These big time blue bloods. Notre Dame. LSU. Those type of places could probably pay their football players. But here's where we have the big broader thing. The big broader topic that people didn't want to talk about. When you pay college football players, you're going to have to turn around and look to see if you're going to be able to play. Pay all the other Athletics, can you afford to pay your boys' basketball team? Maybe, because they get a slice of the pie. The whole NCAA gets revenue, and it gets dispersed. Then it gets dispersed to conferences, gets dispersed to schools. So could you afford to pay the boys' basketball team? Maybe some of those blue bloods, absolutely. But can you turn around and pay the baseball team? Do they bring in the same money as football and basketball? We'd have to look into people's finances, but I'm here to tell you probably not. Could you pay the women's basketball team? Could you pay the volleyball team? Could you pay the swim team? Can you pay the track team? You see where I'm starting to roll with this. So you'd have to come up with legislation and rules to only pay certain sports teams. So then that's where how did the school afford that? Would there be Title IX implications if you're paying the boys and not the girls? You see where a lot of the stuff started to come in. People think the schools could pay them. But let's not talk about the big-time teams. Let's talk about the others. What about teams that are Alabama? Could Vanderbilt, even though they are a Power Five, could they afford that? Could Rutgers, no offense to my University of Illinois, could they do it? You see where I'm going with this? Now let's look at your lower ones, like UNLVs. And these are just off the top of my head. These other lower Division I programs. So then let's talk about, well, if you're going to go that far, what about your Division I AA's? Or your FCS? Could North Dakota State afford to pay all their teams? Or even just their football team? I know for a fact where I went with EIU, they couldn't pay the players. They rely on student enrollment. They rely on the ticket sales. They don't get the big-time TV deals. They're not in a huge populated area. 
Could Southern Illinois do it? Could all those do it? Let's go even further. Then your Division Twos. Oh, I guarantee they can't. Division Threes, absolutely not, because they pay to play. Could a junior college? So you see where I'm going. The big can't. Well, then finally, legislation came out and left it up to states and, and everything else, and most people on board. Name, image, likeness. This allows a kid going to college to make money off their name, image, and likeness. This helps to not suspend players for signing things, signing autographs, anything that has to do with them. Now, I'm generalizing it. There's a bigger, broader thing. But if they want to do a car commercial, that's their name, that's their image, they can make money. Uh, if a restaurant wants to sponsor them and say, we'll give you food for this, they're allowed to do it. They weren't allowed to do that before. So there's a ton of things. You've heard reports on people already making hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars. You see, so this was a way for schools to not pay players or the NCAA to not pay players. But I've even said this on this podcast, and it's slowly starting to happen. What starts to happen when you've got these boosters that talk to the football coaches, which they do because they have to get money or the basketball coaches, and they need that little extra boost to get a player. Could the boosters that own a huge million, multi-million dollar business say, you know what, I want to pay this guy to sponsor my business. I want him to be in these commercials. How much is it going to get, take to get this kid into the school? Okay, we'll get them there. I guarantee that's not being reported, but those are the doors that have now been open. Remember, Texas A&M now all of a sudden has the number one recruiting class, and Fisher went off. We did a, I, we talked about it before. Went off about people accusing Texas A&M of paying players, and he because of how quickly they got to number one of where they were. He went off saying that that was an insult to his recruiting and his staff and everything else. But you can't blame people for thinking that this is what happens when you open these doors. And the NCAA, the non-caring assholes of America, some people look, they are sitting back and watching and they are saying, ha ha, we told you what would happen if you started to pay players. Mike Leach come out and said before, you have to be careful when paying players, there has to be the right way to do it. Because if you open certain doors, you are now going to start having free agency and will no longer be college sports. It is going to be a minor league for the NFL, which it technically is at a certain level because the next step's the NFL. I know they, they draft them. So in a small way it is, but those type of avenues need to go to the XFL or the USFL. Those need to be the minor leagues for the NFL to play for a little bit. NFL wants them. They could sign them. It gives them more film. But Mike Leach has said that you have to be careful because now you're going to start having bidding wars on players. These 18, 19-year-olds even, you know, at the very young, and then transfer portal now you add the transfer portal on top to get these players so if a guy's in a transfer portal and they want to go to and this coach really wants them is it gonna become a bidding war of who can get me this money or this money or this money so ultimately what started as a good thing to pay players which ultimately if they want to sign autographs and make money they should that's their name the school does not own their name the school owns what's on them. So University of Illinois owns trademark University of Illinois. 
but they do not own the player's name. I think every one of us can agree with this statement. They can make money off of their last name if they want. Perfectly fine. But now you open these type of doors when there's no rules, when there's no regulations, when there's no limits. Doors are going to start opening. Things are going to start being thought of. And it's going to be hard to come back from until it gets talked about. Nick Saban has made comments previously before. And what I took from it was, you thought I was good at recruiting before. Wait till some of this NIL stuff happens. But Nick Saban has come out and talked about the NIL once again because they are deep into recruiting. They're, you know, they they never stop recruiting. Nick Saban warns us. And Nick Saban knows a little thing or two about coaching football and college football. Warns that this NIL model in college football is unsustainable and it's going to lead to buying players. The concept of name, image, and likeness was for players to be able to use their name, image, and likeness to create opportunities for themselves, which we can all agree on. That's exactly what we believe that they should. This kind of cuts out the middle of the school giving all their funding to the players. I think the money should build more athletic stuff. It should buy them things, take them on trips, all that stuff. But that's what it is. But that creates a situation where you can basically buy players. You can do it in recruiting. I mean, if that's what we want college football to be, I don't know. And you can also get players to get in the transfer portal to see if they can get more someplace else than they can get at your place. So he is warning us about this. It continues on. Other coaches have made similar comments about NIL issues. Lane Kiffin complained that his school can't match the funding resources of other universities that are funneling money to recruits. Many state laws have specific clauses preventing NIL as recruiting inducements. However... States have not publicly intervened with their schools preventing this practice. The comments compare historically to statements of Saban made of the hurry up no huddle offense, so they compare it to this. I just think there's going to be some sense of fairness in terms of asking, is this what we want college football to be? Saban asked at the time, noting potential disadvantages for defenses and increased injury risks. But here's the thing. Then Nick Saban adapted and said, this is what college football is going to be. Cool. I'm going to go by the rules. I'm going to go by what's about it. And now they're up-tempo when they run this, and it's, it's cool. So Nick Saban is warning us about NAIL which I've stated on here before and told people before. You are going to open doors on a free agent market for these kids. And what's scary, what about kids? Let me ask you this. When you were 18 years old, some of us may have had a checking account. Now, some of you people that don't know what a checking account is or a checkbook. Checkbook is what was used before a debit card. Then a debit card came out now and nobody virtually writes checks unless you have to write a void check for your job for direct deposit. That's what that was. Now at 18 years old, some of us may have had a checking account. Some of us may not have. People that come from single-parent homes, come from rough parts of their city, their town, their neighborhood. Some that don't come from, you know, any, maybe not, you know, middle class. Imagine being 18 years old and you're going to school. You're getting recruited. And all of a sudden, the school says, well, we really want you. We really like you. 
we're going to give you 50 grand. That kid's going to listen. But then if another school comes along and says, forget that, we're going to give you 200 grand. What's that kid going to do? And if it's not them when they first get into school, what if they're 19, 20 years old and they don't like the situation at their school and they decide to enter the transfer portal? Ah, see, we're just adding layers. They go to the transfer portal. All right, guys, what are you going to offer me? Well, what are you talking about 500 grand? What about this guy giving a million dollars? Could you imagine being 18, 19, 20 years old having a million dollars? Now imagine some of these guys that come from rough neighborhoods and you're offering them $500,000, a million dollars, if not multiple millions of dollars, and they have their name somewhere. They're on a commercial. They're on the pizza box. They're, you know, they're signing autographs left and right making money. That's a dangerous thing to hand people. You see when people go pro and they're 21 years old, even then when they don't come from that. I'm not saying I would do, you know, not go crazy with that type of money. But this is a dangerous territory. Now you're going to get in bidding wars. Now the transfer portal, which was created because coaches are leaving left and right whenever they want. Now players are leaving because they're not playing or they don't do this, they don't do that. I think a player should only leave... If their coach leaves that recruited, I think that's the only time they should enter the transfer portal. That helps control that situation. But this name image likeness, which was started as a good thing, is starting to head down a path where we're going to start seeing schools have bidding wars. Now, we read how states don't have that, but schools are still going to do it. And, okay, the school can't offer them money. But what if the boosters are just, you know, it's public knowledge of who schools are targeting. A school could literally post on Instagram or Twitter that they're here recruiting this player. Well, if a booster from that school goes up to this kid or to the guy in the transfer portal that they know that their kid wants, the coach doesn't even have to tell them it is legal in in the NCAA world, in the state world, to post it wherever that you're recruiting this person. They can go look at it. All right, I see that uh, LSU wants to recruit you. I own, you know, a bunch of gym franchises. I will give you $400,000, plus you'll be in commercials, and then whatever, um, we'll have pictures, we'll have signing stuff, and we'll sell them for $10 a piece. You get, you know, we'll split it 50-50 or 60-40. You get 60%, I get 40% of anything, and do this and do that. And then another school, you know, that's that's... That's what's going to start happening. The NCAA, though, is sitting back and watching this and laughing and saying, you guys wanted to pay players and the chaos is about to consume. But now you need the NCAA and legislation, states, federal, whoever, to come together and say, we need to start clamping down on this. You're going to start getting into bidding wars. But NCAA was so big on, well, it's amateurism. You know, we can't pay players. But now that it's happening, they've kind of fallen off that. And they have decided, hmm, we ain't involved now because this is your guys' thing. While they make millions of dollars, though. It's made to do good things. But we're slowly getting away from that. Lane Kiffin isn't the only one that's commented on NAIL. Dabo Sweeney has been, you know, open about this. He has been iffy on if he wants college football players to be paid. 
A report written back on April 9th of this year. Um, we'll talk about what Dabo Sweeney said, but then he's also had support. Dabo Sweeney has said a lot of things. The truest thing he's ever said was recently with ESPN. Um, we sort of beat our own drum talking about Clemson. Big time college football resembles the NFL more and more with each passing hour. While Clemson has remained steadfastly, stubbornly stuck in time, Clemson offers a few high school prospects that any major power. Clemson was slower to adapt to the transfer portal than any major power. Clemson promotes its coaches from within more than any major power school. Clemson was slower in the NAIL marketplace. Their program, Rain, launched yesterday than any power. Um, this article kind of bashes Clemson. Um, and because Dabo Sweeney has been very open about not paying players the day that they do pay players, he's going to do this. So they come after Dabo Sweeney. But again, you have to be smart. You can say what you feel, but at the end of the day, kind of like Nick Saban and the up-tempo offense, you're not, he's not dumb. He's going to do it. Like right here, this one that bashes Dabo Sweeney. We all remember this quote from three years ago, back when it became clear college athletes were going to gain the opportunity to monetize their status sooner than later. They may do away with college football in three years. There may be no college football. They may want to professionalize college athletics. Well, then maybe I'll go to the pros. I believe he said this comment because he's talking about, well, if college football is going to become pro, I'm just going to go to the next level. Fair enough. Then they write, he later redefined those comments by saying he was in favor of monetizing the scholarship so long as they focused, remained on education. So then today, this is what Davos Whitney said. That's one of the reasons I do like the NAIL because 90% of the players are not going to make the NFL. So it's good while they have a nice platform that they can take advantage of these opportunities. Clemson has a million Twitter followers, one of three football programs out there with a million. So it's good. They have the opportunity to make some money while they're going through their journey. But we also know that 98% are not playing in the NFL. So we better um, be getting that degree as adults we should do everything we can to, to incentivize education priority to the end and that ain't never going to change for me because i know ultimately that's what creates generational changes in young people's lives there's nothing worse than seeing a 27 year old 20 30 year old um who uh who the band played for and the fans cheered for and they never got um through school and they're struggling Then he said, if they can make some sort of short-term money along the way, great. But if that becomes the focus, there are going to be a lot of bad decisions by a lot of young people. Um, Then they asked this question. Do you understand when people say, well, coaches like Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban are making in the $10 million range, why shouldn't the athletes be able to profit even before they get on campus? Well, Nick Saban is 70 years old. I'm 52 years old. None of us set the markets on what we do. We live in a capitalistic society. The head coach of the head of Delta probably makes a lot more than the people who are checking your baggage in. But those people are as vital as anybody. None of us set markets on what we do. It's a free market we live in and anything. It's just that our jobs are so visible and so public. I can tell you this. None of us got into coaching to make money, but I don't apologize for being successful. So a couple things he said, you know, he's said talking about that. But now he's talking about NAIO. You know, one thing I want to p- 
put out again that he said was, if they can make short-term money along the way, that's great. But if that becomes the focus, there's going to be a lot of bad decisions by young people. So what he's trying to say, like we talked about, kids that don't know, have never had money, they don't know what money is, um, they come from bad places. If they're making a ton of money in the short term, and like he said, a lot of people are not going to go to the NFL. He's talking about if they can go to school, but they can also make some money because think about it. When you're a football player, basketball player, volleyball player, if you're on a scholarship, well, you no longer have student loans, so that's taken care of. Mostly, you're going to have the dorm to live in or some type of apartment. They give you some type of monthly. I know for football, they give you a monthly stipend to help pay for the rent and everything else. You have food and everything else. Now, do you have a ton of spending money? Can you be doing a bunch of other things? No, you're going to live a similar college lifestyle because think about got people that go and pay for school. Well, they're paying, you know, they probably have the loans and everything else. They work in the summer to save up money for spending money while they're there or they're working while they're on campus. But as a sports athlete, it is hard to commit full time to that sport and do well and work. So they're looking at it as, well, it's a job. I still have the scholarship because the coach is going to make money. The school is going to make money. What's the harm in making this? Now, when we're talking about you know guys making millions upon millions of dollars, I don't know what they're all making. A lot of them are not disclosed or I'm not, you know, to be looking at every single person who makes what. Some may only be making 2000 a month, but that 2000 a month is probably everything to them because they can need it and they, they can have a little bit of fun. I want to go to the movies. I want to go eat at this restaurant. Now they're able to do that. He's talking about he doesn't see the harm in that, and I don't think anybody really does. What he's talking about is a lot of these guys are, don't go to the NFL. We like to think they do because, again, who do we see on TV? We see Clemson, we see Oklahoma, we see Alabama, we see Florida, we see LSU. We see a lot of these schools where, yes, they are going to draft a few players from there. Like Nick Saban's going to have eight players drafted. That's what we see. But what we don't see is there's a ton of colleges. Tons of division ones, tons of one double A's. So all these guys do not go play the NFL. They just don't. So what he's talking about is it's cool for the short term, but what happens after four or five years? And they don't stop making that, you know, that NAIL. Now what do they do? Well, do they have the skills necessary to go get a job and do everything else? Do they know what they want to do? And that's what he's talking about. He doesn't want to start promoting, well, come to Clemson. Because you're going to make a hundred grand a year being here, but then what happens if they get hurt? Now they have nothing for back on. That's what he's talking about. The rest of the article kind of bashes him on other things that he said. We've all said things maybe we want to take back, or maybe he knew something and he thought the direction of college football was going to go in a different direction. That's what he's saying, and you can't fault him for that. He doesn't mind it, but he still wants it to be the focus of, well, Clemson, he's talking about, well, maybe Clemson's going to say, well, you know what, we have the facilities, we have this, we have this, we have the education, but we can also, you know, there's businesses here that could talk to you, but I, I, I see what he was saying. But then they want to continue on saying, well, you know, when you're making $10 million range, why should the Alex be able to profit before they even got on campus? Then he talks about capitalistic society and that they did not set the market. I mean, what set the market was, you know, everything going through the roof. These TV deals become huge that they work with with the conferences. And so that's where these agents of theirs, you know, start talking about, well, okay, I bring in $100 million to this university each year. I think I am valuable enough to earn, you know, a percentage of that. And then these coaches deserve the right to earn a percentage of that. That's what kind of sets the market in my eyes, and I could be totally wrong, but from the outside looking in, that's what you look at. I mean, realistically, if Nick Saban says, hey, guess how much money that the football team brought? I want half. 
because I worked hard. I want half. That could be the conversation. Um, now, do I think some of, do, do I think coaches need to make ten million dollars a year, eight million dollars a year coaching college football? No, because a lot of us high school coaches do it for seven thousand dollars, and that seven thousand dollars is you know all the extra work you're making a you know fifty cents an hour when you break it down. So do I necessarily think some of these guys are making all this money? No, I don't because college coaching football is, you know, you know, it's great. Coaching football in general is just fantastic. Um, and then what he's trying to say is like, hey, you know, CEOs and people that start businesses, yeah, they make a lot of money and then they make more money than the workers, which that's a whole other debate because you don't want to dive into any type of politics. But what he's trying to say is like, hey, you know, we, we, we you know we're we're kind of like the CEO, which you are as a head football coach. You are the CEO, and yeah, you're going to make a little more, you know, because you're the guy. You're you're the head of it. And so now he's talking about you know the football players that get scholarships. They don't have the student loan debt. They don't have the, the pilots. So that's what he's trying to say. Um, could he have said something a little different? Maybe, but you have to really look at what he said and then dissect and think about for yourself. Um, the rest of the article just continues to go on. You know, for example, here's one thing that was written. NIL promotes um, proponents argue that players deserve access to the same free market that um, paid Dabo Swinney $93 million. Either you agree with that argument or you don't. In the moment, Dabo seems that he agrees. Um, so the free market, you know, talking about these players. But they're talking about, you know, should they split that $93 million and give it to the players? That's where the big argument comes in from. Can the school afford to pay players? So I understand that. Um but again, we're, we're talking about a select few colleges. Not every single college is going to be able to do that. Um, um, so Dabo Sweeney's on it. And so continue on. Another coach also has talked about the NAIL before. And he agrees with Dabo Sweeney. Lane Kiffin, the head coach at Ole Miss. Um, Lane Kiffin and Dabo Sweeney want some control when it comes to NAIL and the transfer portal. Um, Sweeney has been the biggest uh, detractor of the transfer portal. So this is NAIL and transfer portal. His team does not use it and only brings back former players um, that are part of the program. NAIL, he wants to be more regulated than what it is now. On the national image likeness front, Kiffin agrees with Sweeney. I read that. I actually texted him, good job on it, because I'm for the kids making money. It's just there's no, and I said it from day one, no salary cap in the NFL. How does that work? And different teams have different money. And there's no real contracts off of it because they're not necessarily locked in. So technically, everybody could be a free agent every year. While the name image likeness collectiveness will find loopholes to navigate a college sports salary cap, the least thing the utterly toothless NCAA can do is create transfer portal windows and everything else. Um... Eventually, there will be limitations and regulations implemented by the NCAA for name image likeness, but in the meantime, it remains pure and unalterated lawness, lawlessness. One day, that may change, but not right this instant. Lane Kiffin says, I've obviously said a lot about the name image likeness from the beginning. Let's make sure we understand that I love the players that are getting paid. I just say how it is. I guess I got called a clown before for saying how it is, but the name image likeness has a lot to do with where players go. And to not think that that is crazy. 
Um, from Dabo Swinney's perspective, this is all about maintaining the status quo of what he built his Clemson program out of. He transformed the college football program to a national powerhouse. Years immediately preceding NAIL and the transfer portal. Um, he may be Bob Knight level stubborn about the transfer portal, but there is really nothing he can do about players getting paid. As for Kiffing, he's dealing with the harsh reality of coaching at a program that is not a blue blood. Old Miss has money, but not to the degree, um, not to the degree the more traditional powers of the SEC can ever hope to provide. He has essentially taken over a mid to small market team that cannot outbid the teams like the Los Angeles Lakers or the New York Yankees. Um, so to speak, that has to be hard for him. And that's exactly how I talked about at the beginning of the podcast and the show. We're talking about the big-time guys like Clemson and Alabama. Old Miss is a big-time power program. Like, it's a power five. But you heard, they're in the SEC. They can't outbid. They, you know, Lane Kiffin talked about it. They don't have, they don't have the FU money, if that makes sense. They don't have... You know, um, all that extra stuff. You know, they're finally getting money to upgrade some of their facilities, but they don't have that type of money. So even he's talked about if schools start to get involved with money, if these boosters get involved with all this money, they can't compete and it's going to come down to a bidding war. So instead of the old recruiting of you're selling your program, you're selling yourself, you're selling this, now they've now money's going to start getting involved. So now we have to talk about regulations. You know, can you pay a recruit that's 18 years old? Can you only pay players that are in the transfer portal? Because this transfer portal, while again made from good intentions like the name, image, likeness, is now is become a portal in the Doctor Strange movie where they can just open it all the time and hop through and wait and, and whatever and then hop through another one to go somewhere else. That is what has become of the transfer portal. Now it's going to become a free agent market. Now it's going to be who's going to pay the money more. We need regulations on it. Nick Saban is warning us. Dabo Sweeney has put his input. And when Lane Kiffin supports what they say, a lot of other coaches are going to start supporting that. And then you're going to have coaches that are going to find those loopholes and figure it out. They always do. That's why the NCAA rule book is like this big. It's as long as almost my forearm to read that rules book because people found loopholes and, you know, take advantage of it. So we need this transfer portal lockdown. We need rules. We need regulations. And we need this name, image, likeness to be clamped down. Players still able to make money off of their name, image, and likeness, of course. They have the full right in this country to do so, like the rest of us. Another thing you might see with this is, what's going to stop somebody from saying, hey, if you go to Alabama or LSU, I will pay your full tuition, plus you will get $2,000 to $3,000 a month. Then the school can say, oh my goodness, they're paying his tuition? Well then, if there's a player that I want... I can now go out, but I couldn't offer a scholarship. I can now go offer a scholarship. Those type of things I promise you are happening now or they're going to happen. So we need to get this under control before we start outbidding people. And then it's just going to be the highest bidder who has money. And the, the, the pride of the school, you know, is slowly going away and the type of recruiting we're seeing. All of that's going to change. It's got to get under control. It's got to get under control. Before we head into the last segment of the podcast, uh, I want to tell you 
there's ways to protect your offense and defensive linemen in the trenches, football coaches. I hope you're still listening. If you go get guardian caps, it's going to help protect your big guys in the trenches because, let's face it, you know we're getting into the summer, we're going to have football coming around. They hit a lot. They hit in practice, and they're hitting a lot in games. That's just a lot of blows. Guardian caps that fits over the helmet, it absorbs up to 33% of the impact, which is huge. It's worn by over five NFL teams and 200-plus colleges, like your big-time schools, Georgia, Oklahoma, Alabama, Penn State. Like It's worn by everybody, so if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for us. And I know budgeting and fundraising is a big pain and the money and everything else. Well, I'm here to save you money. So if you go to guardiansports.com slash guardian-caps and use the code 15 off, it's going to save 15% off your order. They've got colors for your school colors as close as it can be. You can order one, two, three, four, five, a hundred, doesn't matter. So if you go to the that link or you go to that website or you just want to click the link in the description, use the code 15 off. It will save 15% off your final order. Um, so go do that. Go protect the big guys in the trenches. They're the most beautiful, hardworking people on the whole team. So you got to protect them. Uh, thank you, Guardian Caps, for sponsoring the podcast. And also football coaches as we're getting in. Special teams is a third of the game and it is important and it starts with the kicker. And believe it or not, sometimes the kicker can get a lot better be- because you get a different tee. And I'm not talking about the old school orange tee that we all grew up with. you got to get the launch pad kickoff tee, which is strategically designed to help kick the ball into the end zone. It's helped to kick strategic onside kicks that you probably never thought of and strategic swoop kicks that, again, you probably never even thought of. It has strategic flaps built into it. You can place the football however you want. And when you order it, it comes with a, it comes with a manual to help you figure out how to place it and how to kick the football however you want. So if you go to launchpadkickoffte.com slash CSS and then at checkout use the code CSS, it's going to save you 15% off your order, uh, 10% off your order, excuse me. And then there's also a, um, where you go to launchpadkickoffte and you there's a four-pack. Well, you're, you buy four, you get the third one free. So launchpadkickoffte.com slash CSS and use the code CSS at checkout to save 10%. Um, when you buy the one, you can save upwards of 15, 20% when you buy the two pack or the four pack. So it's just here to save you money. Um, so go do that. Help out your kicker. Um, thank you, Launchpad KickFT, for sponsoring the podcast. So to wrap this up, it's been a few months since Lincoln Riley uh, decided to break things off with Oklahoma overnight off of a Zoom call and head over to USC and the Trojans in California took big time money to go to take his air raid RPO run system. It's been a while and and breakups are never fun. They're never fun, especially when it's last second, not even a discussion as to why, Uh, you know, a quick phone call and they're gone. Show a little bit of skin and he was out of there. It's been a few months, you know, we're into spring ball. He was coming up on playing spring ball. But there's a part of Lincoln Riley, I think his conscience talked to him. And he decided, I've got to make things right. I need to explain myself. So he decided to write a letter to Oklahoma fans. It comes at a weird time because this is a statement maybe you make right when it happens. Or why do it at all? So Lincoln Riley, this is what's written. Oklahoma USC coach Lincoln Riley pens a letter to Oklahoma fans explaining abruptly leaving the Sooners for the Trojans. 
Riley became the first Oklahoma coach since 1947 to leave for another college job. Riley wrote of the unexpected opportunity that the coaching the Trojans afforded. As much as my family and I loved Norman and cherished the success we were having on the field, sometimes life throws you a curveball at the most unexpected times. Honestly, I always figured I would end my career coaching at OU. But when my agent called me to pass along interest from USC, I was immediately intrigued by the possibilities. Then, this that was written by Lincoln Riley. Then it continues, Riley claimed that he jumped on a Zoom call with USC officials and made his decision quickly. News broke of his departure the morning after the Sooners lost to rival Oklahoma State in November to miss out on the Big 12 championship game for the first time since it was brought back in 2017. In that postgame press conference, Riley said that he would not take the position at LSU. In hindsight, his wording was important. He continues to write, There are aspects of my departure and transition that I would certainly do differently if I could do it again. And I acknowledge that I could have handled some parts of the situation better. I absolutely own that. While I was able to talk with several players after the team meeting, I wish I would have had time to sit down with each individual player and staff member to explain my decision. Since my move, many have asked me why I would leave Oklahoma, and the best and the most honest answer is that the opportunity at USC was simply the right job at the right time for me and for my family. We all have moments in life where we are faced with difficult choices, and this was the path my family and I chose. I don't expect anyone to understand. In my line of work, that's not possible. Riley's decision to leave Oklahoma came as a shock for the fan base. The Sooners had not lost a coach to another collegiate coaching job since Jim Tatum left after one year for Maryland in 1947. Oklahoma had not held a had an external coaching search of any kind since Bob Stoops was hired in 1999. Sooners hired former Stoops assistant Brent Venables to lead the program. Venables um, is the fourth consecutive first is the fourth consecutive first coach at OU. Then Lincoln Riley writes, I want to say thank you, and thank you is in all caps, to everybody who was part of our journey in Norman, every player, every staff member, and every fan. Riley wrote, I am extremely grateful for each one of you. Sometimes, saying less is more. Sometimes, saying nothing is better. Now, what Lincoln Riley wrote, yeah, it's it's cool. But is it truly heartfelt? Big human part of me says yes. Because you don't stay coaching at a place like he did that long and not really care about the school and the fan base. But here's the problem. This is the thing you say right when you're breaking up to send it now people start to wonder are things going great at USC or is he just getting a lot of hate or is the conscience starting to speak but here's the thing it's too little too late again this is the thing you say at the beginning not five months later however long it's been if it was in November it's been five months to wait five months 
Are you not happy at USC? Uh, because you're kind of rebuilding a program, even though you had one built at Oklahoma, and it was left in good hands for him from Coach Stoops. Is he wondering maybe he should have not left Oklahoma? I don't know. But it's too little too late, and Oklahoma fans have moved on. They have Coach Venables who's going to bring extraordinary energy to that sideline. And the way you left hurts the fan base. Now, this is why, the again, transfer portal was created. And the early signing day hurts the coaching move that I've talked about. Got to get rid of the early signing or move it down. Because it causes coaches to leave abruptly like this. It causes this. Lincoln Riley, we understand the move to USC. USC, you know, historically is a great sports place altogether. It's in sunny California. It's not in Oklahoma. It's in sunny California. He wants his kids to live in California. He wants them to be in good weather. He wants them to be, you know, maybe in a bigger place than Norman. Uh, wants them to go to different schools there. Like, we uh, we understand. And maybe the wife said it was time to go. I have no idea. So it's not necessarily that he left. It's ne- It's just how he left. To really take a phone call and then the next day or two days later say, I'm gone or that day. And then not to really sit down and talk to the coach. You see, that's that's the part that never I never understood. It's you're taking a job, then you need to have a staff meeting to, or individual staff meeting with each person and tell them. You need to have a player meeting. You have to talk to the athletic director and say, this is just an opportunity I can't pass up and to go. Now, where people are more confused about, Oklahoma is a power program. Yeah, they lose about two games a year, sometimes one game a year. He's gotten to the college football playoff. But I also think he saw that they were going to the SEC, even though he was kind of behind it. I think that had another push to it of I'm going to go to the Pac-12, dominate the Pac-12, and maybe I make the college football playoff. But maybe because I can try to get USC back to what it was, I might get different recruits. But I thought he got good recruits at Oklahoma. This is too little too late, and Oklahoma fans don't want to hear it. They're trying to move on, and you're opening old wounds. So the question is, is he happy at USC? I think so. Have you seen the house that he bought? It's ridiculous. He has like eight fireplaces. I don't know why. Sometimes just leaving it alone and living with what you did or how you handled it is the way to go. Just just leave it. because Or you do it right away. This Now, he did talk about Oklahoma when he was hired at USC, but this is the type of letter that you do right when it happens. It looks weird doing it later on. So, Lincoln Riley, you left. Everybody's moved on. So what you need to focus on is turning around USC and winning games. This is not, you know, they're done. They're done. So the love letter, um, you know, the notebook type of thing here going on, it's fine. We don't, don't need to happen. Oklahoma fans have moved on. They will never forgive you. Not all of them. And they're gonna they're not gonna like you for a long time, if ever. You know, there's no real good way to leave a program and leave a job, but there's much better ways than this. 
Um, it's one thing for like going from a Washington State to an SEC school, but to go from a power of Oklahoma to a C, that's where some may not necessarily understand it. But Lincoln Riley, you don't have to keep talking about it anymore. Focus on USC and rebuilding it. Oklahoma fans are trying to get over you. Don't keep opening the wound. Don't do this every year of talking about Oklahoma. The way you left was not great. The way it went down was not great. Your wording of like, I'm not going to LSU, so it led them to believe that you weren't leaving. And then that's what hurt them, leaving, not even really saying goodbye. So the damage is done, and no love letter is going to fix that. So get USC turned around. College football is great when USC is good. Focus on that. Leave Oklahoma alone. They've been through enough. Um, well, that wraps up this show again. Thank you for watching and or listening. Make sure you hit the like button and the subscribe button and comment in the comment section down below. All of it helps the algorithm. Please and thank you. Um, if you can share it out, the podcast can be found anywhere you listen to your podcast. Please follow it, rate it, um, leave a uh, star review on Apple. Check out all the affiliates in the description below. Check out all the other episodes. Um, thank you guys so much. This is Coach Steve. This has been another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Thank you so much. And we are going to see you on the next episode. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.